0: This episode of Ben the Knee is brought to you by Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's the number four and cats with a K. They have beautiful book page posters that have passages from some of our favorite fantasy series like The Lord of the Rings and A Song of Ice and Fire and Harry Potter. They even have the Night's Watch vows with the Three-Eyed Crow. They also have Targaryen, Stark, and Baratheon bookmarks. You should really go check them out. It's Four Cats Boutique on Etsy and get yourself some bookmarks and amazing artwork. That's the number four and cats with a K, Four Cats Boutique on on Etsy.
1: Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra
0: the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into John 8 of A Clash of Kings.
1: Yes, as second to last chapter, we are almost done. We are in the the final stretch here, the penultimate episode of A Clash of Kings for the Bend the Knee podcast. At least on our first read-through, who knows what we'll be doing in ten years. Right, know, right, probably Probably back in the same spot. Probably And probably don't still have Winds of Winter. But that's, you know, we've, we've talked about that wow. uh, quite enough for, you know, maybe the rest of this year. Well, we'll be back on it. Go ahead.
0: I'll just say, we, we might as well touch on it real quick because, the, like, yeah, literally, it's, <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's,
0: it's snowing outside. Like, it's a blizzard outside, right? I thought of this chapter. I was listening to it today. I thought of Winds of Winter. And I really did think to myself, it's blown right on past us. We're never going to get it, but it's okay. I'm I'm going to hold. I'm, you know what, Matt, by God, how, how, how many members of the Night's Watch stood there their whole lives, right? A couple hundred years ago, 500 years ago, waiting for the next long night, guarding the realms of men. They never saw right? what this current group is going to see, but they held the watch, right? They held
1: the wall. They were there. Yes, they okay? did. That's us right now. Okay? Hold the gate. Yeah. Hold again. <laughs> you know, we always we always go to hold the door, but hey, those guys held the gate. They did. They did. Uh, and, and that's what we're doing.
0: And we're gonna have to do it even though we have no idea when you like this is what it feels like, right? You're holding the gate, not knowing when the book's coming, when the reinforcements are coming, when will it end. You just have to hold it and hold on for dear life. Okay. Yes.
1: Yes, you do. That's Absolutely awesome as you know here we are man tail stretch of a clash of kings man i mean what are your what are your some of your you have any favorite moments of a clash of kings
0: oh gosh um i don't know man i'm trying to think back through all this it's kind of um uh, i think some of the stuff just with um man i don't know i i like rob you know i've always liked rob which is why it's gonna make
1: you know. is the next book a little harder.
0: Like you you're really behind the young wolf you're you're behind the idea that that he captures uh Jamie Lannister and he's winning these fights. And so that's an awesome thing. I don't see how how he could lose here. He's he's outmaneuvering Tywin and there's all this um Tywin has all this renown. He's there's all this history He's tied back to the the, the you know, battle at King's Landing and so on. So for yeah, for me we're rooting for the Starks. And then we see him starting. He's, we start to hear some rumors and, and just a little bit here and there that we're making some mistakes, some pretty big blunders. And it's just like you've got this. It's it's almost like you're at the foul line, right? And and you, like all you got to do is make one out of two shots. You yes. got two shots, got to make one, and he misses them both. And then they still have to make like a three to win it, but they do like, it's just like, how could you botch this? And, and, and I just feel, and we know that's where it's going. And so to me, it's um, when I first read it, I was just like, Rob's got this, Rob's the man. He's this, he's the young wolf. He's this King and his brother's up there doing his thing on the realm. They're going to get ready for some magical eight, you know, battle or whatever. And no, sure enough, that's just not the way this is going to go.
1: Yeah, for me, I would have to say, man, I really like those Battle of the Blackwater chapters. I just really like the way it sort of goes back and forth, and you're yeah. like, man, it, it sounds like it's going to go bad, and the next thing you know, this isn't as bad as we thought, and so it's kind of, yeah, definitely kind of, kind of interesting. I think those those Battle of the Blackwater chapters I really like, and then we get Davos and Theon chapters in this book, right? Which is definitely sort of, sort of yeah. a change because um, we didn't have them. And this is really, you know, in the next book, we'll start out with a Jamie chapter. But here we are with a Theon chapter, who Theon seems kind of like a good guy. All right. Mm-hmm. So we kind of slip a little bit into sort of villain territory here with, uh, with our first sort of, I guess, if you want to say villain, anti hero, however, however you want to phrase it character chapters, which we know we're going to get more so of in the next chapter, but then it begins to sort of paint them in more of a gray light, not necessarily black or white, uh, and that's sort of the case with Jamie, as we'll come up here to uh, in our first Storm of Swords chapter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 cool. That's what
0: George does, right? He's taking this, uh, he's, he's you know, we get latched onto one character, even if that character is a good character, like I was mentioning with Rob, and you start to get behind him, whether he's going to shift him to, you know, as he's black or white or whatever, good or bad. It's really more that we got behind him and now he's gonna we're gonna see his downfall. Um yeah, so I don't know, man. That's why this is an emotional series. This the song of ice and fire is it's captivating, but it's also it's heart wrenching. Um and we just need a conclusion. You know we, we need a conclusion mm-hmm. to it. By God. It's just
1: it's too much. Well hey maybe you know, we will we will get there one day. So, um, OK, so before we dive into uh, today's chapter, we'll just say uh, as that we were invited on um, a podcast. So that's going to be next Sunday, November 21st or uh, November 21st, I believe, 830 p.m. Eastern. I know it's so 530 p.m. Pacific and then whatever time zone. And we have listeners from all over the world, which, again, mm-hmm. is crazy um just to say out loud yeah. but uh i know i know we do so the whatever time zone you happen to be uh in for that but we will be going on to gray areas um podcast uh or her direwolf YouTube, city baby. Her, direwolf city yeah her youtube and she, she also has it as a podcast as well so uh gonna be going on there we had her on the show a little bit ago obviously super looking forward to that they run a great show over there uh, and we're going to be talking house of the dragon and we're going to be talking like what's going on with some of the houses in House of the Dragon. So definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be super, super cool.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it. I, th- I think she's awesome. Makes good content, and uh, it'll be kind of cool. Boy, I've got to dust off the old, you know, fire and blood and world of ice and mm-hmm. fire. And get back into some of the histories and Wow, we got a well, great video for that, don't we?
1: We do. I made a, i was about to say I just made a video for about that. Well, not just made. Uh, it was like a month or a month or two ago. I made a. I made a video on that, just a brief little rundown. It's about ten minutes, um, just kind of what's going on with some of the houses, especially some of the bigger houses that we know so we know more of in A Song of Ice and Fire, the main series Game of Thrones. Right, um, like what's going on with House Tully and House Stark and all that stuff, and the show is probably going to be different. I have to imagine that um, you know House Stark isn't really all that sort of involved. Mm-hmm. until the end but i ha- i would have to imagine they might change that in the show
0: yeah just because of yeah just just fans Marketing right, pro- right yeah yeah i mean just wanting some starks in there even if they just send them down to maybe there's a a young stark who's who's at court or something was sent down yeah
1: so, cool yeah awesome okay so with that let's go ahead and uh we're going to go ahead and dive right into the reread here so today we are into john 8 of a clash of kings the last john chapter of this book and uh, the second to last chapter of a clash of kings so the weather in the skirling pass had gotten worse corin had sent Eben back with the last garen to reach the lord commander with all haste while they rest um while the, while the rest try to head off head off pursuit Watched by uh, the eagle, Corrin then sends Stone Stake back as well to take the high pass to reach the fist of the first men. Corrin commands Stone Stake to tell Mormont all that John saw that he faces giants and wargs and worse, and that the trees have eyes again. That night, the half hand asks John if his sword is sharp and makes the young man recite his oath with him. Corrin then commands John to yield when they are overtaken. And not to balk no matter what the wildlings ask him to do to prove himself. John is appalled at the suggestion, but Korn tells him to go among the wildlings and learn what they plan, watch what they do, but remember who he is and to return to Mormont when he has learned what the wildlings are searching for. Korn promises to tell the Lord Commander that John never broke his oath uh, when he sees him again. They are then overtaken soon after by Rattleshirt and a party of wildlings. Yagret is among them. Uh, they have Eben's head, and Rattleshirt orders them killed. John yields, as Corrin ordered him to, orders him to do, and the half-hand says in contempt, I, warned, I was warned bastard blood is craven. Rattleshirt commands John to kill Corrin to prove himself. John slays the big ranger only after Ghost gives him an opening by biting the man's calf. The wildlings accept him despite Rattleshirt's misgivings, and Yagret tells him that the eagle was once uh the man he killed up in the passes when they captured her. So actually a lot uh to unpack <laughs> in 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 today's uh in today's chapter. Certainly a lot of sort of theories and everything else that you can go on of. So Starting off here, when Corn told him to find some brush for a fire, John knew their end was near. It would be good to feel warm again, if only for a little while. He told himself when he hacked bare branches from the tr- uh, trunk of a dead tree. Ghost, saw, uh, Ghost sat on his haunches, watching silent as ever. Will he howl for me when I'm dead? As Bran's wolf howled when he fell, John wondered. Will Shaggy Dog Howl far off in Winterfell and Grey Wind and Nymeria, wherever they might be?
0: Yeah. Will they? Do they? Right? I mean, there's something that we we know are at the end of where we left, John, at the very end of this whole thing. Yeah. The answer is yes, John. (laughs) When you die, when you're stabbed for the watch, they will Howl. Uh, As as you move on down here, Matt, there's something I I, I wanted to ask you about um corn came and he stood over the fire that's being made here the flames they rose they're flickering and so on and and he says Mm -hmm. as shy as a maid on her wedding night the big ranger said in a soft voice and near as fair sometimes a man forgets how pretty a fire can be and he starts to think you know was was corn a man who would speak of maids and wedding nights uh you know he had spent his whole life he had spent his whole life in the watch most men don't, Matt. Most men don't, most men don't spend their whole life in the watch. It's like they come halfway through. So I think there's something fishy with that, the, the whole idea. Like he would be one of few who was like, what, born there, raised there, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, how does that work? Anyway, um, did he ever love a maid or have a wedding? Why ask that question, right? Would it, did he ever... Did he ever love a maid or have a wedding? Um, so there's something. There's a backstory here to Corrin, and it just leads us all to kind of believe that there, like he's an interesting fella who lost half of his right hand in some combat. We like to speculate it's Alan Reed, uh, saving Eddard Stark, and that this would be Sir Arthur Dane. But uh, we do know that Stone Snake is still out there and could tell us more later. We'll get to all that yes. here in a bit. But, I mean, that's like when you look at this, why spend your whole life at the watch? Was he born into it? Was he right?
1: Or is that a misconception
0: right. that John has? Or is well, that you just, know who else?
1: You know, right. You know who else is theoretically born into yeah. the watch is Mance Raider, right? All these guys, it's interesting. You know,
0: while I'm thinking about these connections here, real quick, let me just let me just go rapid fire on, on, on you folks for this because. At one point in this chapter, Matt, let's just go over the Targaryen connections, okay? Uh, okay because okay. <laughs> this is insane. Like, there are so many. Squire Dolbich, right? He is a squire to a former Targaryen, right? He's very close, takes commands from half Halfhand here. Uh, Corin has this silver-gray hair, right? He's just so old, right? <laughs> but but he, right. he comes with Dawn. As tall as a spear. Huge. As tall as a spear. God. Um you know, there's there's the idea that he's lived. He's been here at the watch the whole time to cover up some possible backstory. There was uh, when Squire Dolbridge is his head is held up. He's as bald. He's as bald as, a, you know, he's an old bald man. And they hold up his head and it says it looks like an egg. Looks like an egg. It reminds me of just, you know, connections to You think in George's mind. Right. Like if you're trying to make these little connections to uh, Targaryens. OK, well, he's the Squire for one. His head looks like an egg when Corrin is slashed in the throat by John's sharp sword, which could be Blackfire, right? All the theories there. He had a pearl of rubies, a glamour, right? A pearl of, of, of red blossoming, like a like little rubies around his neck as if it was, it was bleeding out. And, you know, why describe him that way? Just interesting.
1: So there's more.
0: There, there, there's more. Right. But, I mean, well, I,
1: it just, just, just remember, because I always like to point this out. Remember that... The first Duncan Egg story, right, is posted. Uh, released the same year as the Clash of Kings. Wow, remember that? Just remember that, right? Just remember it, that it, it, it's right. in his mind,
0: right? He's thinking, right. yeah, he's setting up this backstory. So, uh, gosh, man, um, I, I still can't get over to just the orders that are given to um, to Eben Stone, uh, Stone Snake and these guys. And the way they obey Corin is just is is so interesting. Um, you know, t- right. telling Mormont what what they saw—the old powers are waking, the faces, you know, the giants, the wargs, and worse. The trees have eyes again. These guys are believers in old powers, and there's a there's someone named Blood Raven who went to the Watch has disappeared, and is and is you know, ordaining things from from his
1: cave. Yeah. You know, pour one out for Squire Dalbridge, by the way. He's a boss. He's a boss, right?
0: And he's he's blowing that horn like it, for a, for a moment they thought perhaps. Let me see. Let me just see here. He let's see. At first, yeah, yeah. At first, John had nursed the hope that Squire Dalbridge would keep the wildlings bottled up in the past. It was the last John chapter, I think, where it was Squire Dalbridge who basically. Like I think I can't remember if it was Corin or, or or Squire dolbert who said it, but that one man could could hold so many wildlings in the, in this one spot, and Squire right. dolbert is just like yeah I mean without question gotcha, I got it, <laughs> I mean like without question I will die here I will lay down my life. They say later on that um, I think I forget who it is that we're we're gonna send someone on on horseback. Uh, to ride on ahead, and John wants to know why that's not him. He's one of the fastest riders. Why not him? He could get back to the fist of the first man quickly. No, you have another part to play. Your story goes – I think it even says his story like goes in a different direction. Uh, So it's just like – and that's Corin telling him that, no, we have plans for you. Now, is that just to get him close to Mance? Is that because he thought the best chance here was – for him to go in and be a spy or did he really not think he could get back to the, to the fist of the first minute in time. So he's saving his life in that regard. A lot to think about there with Corin's decision and not to send, you know, not sending John back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting again um, here with just with, with, with Squire Dalbridge, right? I mean, let's, let me just go over this guy. Right. So just from yeah. his wiki page here, Dalbridge called Squire Dalbridge is a veteran ranger of the Night's Watch stationed at the Shadow Tower. Um, he's an older man regarded as a great archer. He is nicknamed Squire Dalbridge because, in the spirit of his youth, he squired for King Jeharis the Second Targaryen. He is said to have the keenest eyes in the Night's Watch, uh, and he's one of the hundred men reinforcements from the Shadow Tower to arrive at the Fist of the First Men. And then yeah, he is chosen by Cor and along Ebb and Stone, and Jon Snow to to go with him. So yeah, he is he's specifically chosen. And King Jaehaerys the Second, right? He is um two fifty nine to two sixty two, and then he is preceded. Um, excuse me he he is um in between Aegon the Fifth, Aeg, and Ares the Second. So he was his squire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal, man. Right, and so we don't know exactly when we don't know when he goes to the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but my guess would have to be that he maybe went. He, he may. I don't know if if he. Per, would you say he went after? Like, did he fight in Robert's Rebellion? And he went to the Wall, sort of as like a, you know, it it seems like that's obviously, that might be why Alistair Thorne went. Um, Maybe he went, maybe they went right together, perhaps even. Uh, Because it seems like, I'm sure there were some Targaryen sort of loyalists at that time that obviously went to the Wall. Um, We sort of know that with Alistair Thorne. But I don't know that we know that Alistair Thorne was forced into going to the Wall. That's not specifically said, we just know he fought in Robert's. Rebellion on the other side, so perhaps Dalbridge was the same. But given the timetable, I almost think if he's uh, if they know him as Squire Dalbridge, I would have to imagine that he would have he would have moved up the ranks. I mean, if you're Squire for a king and then you continue to serve, you know, for for the Targaryens, he he should have moved. He should have. I would imagine have moved up, would have been a knight at least, or perhaps Mm -hmm. a lord of some small castle at some point. So the other option would potentially be maybe Summerhall. Maybe he, maybe he accompanied a a Sir Duncan the Tall. Perhaps when he go, if he goes north to the Wall after Summerhall. Good. Yeah.
0: I mean. I, yeah, I get what. Well, yeah, when was there's so, not there's
1: really there's really not a lot about about Dalbridge. All we know is that in the spirit of his youth, he squired for King Jahari's the second. So, hmm, you, you know, that would maybe be, be my maybe my maybe, maybe my guess. Interesting.
0: So he's born in in uh 254, right? Okay, wow. Um, first of all, he's a, he's mentioned in the appendix of, of, uh, looks like every book, uh, I, which is interesting, um, uh, you know, why I do that. Um, yeah. Cool to think about, about who he could be. Jaehaerys the
1: second Targaryen. Right. So, so that's, that's the end, but that's the, yeah. Jaehaerys is the in-between of Jaehaerys is the in-between of egg and the mad king mm-hmm. and he's sort of a sickly pale frail guy um he wears kingmaker's crown um which is like that big almost like golden bronzy one because maker creates his own right crown so, I mean, yeah go ahead yeah so so okay what's interesting is
0: that okay if Shahari is the second so that would be he's ki- so then you're, he's king after is
1: he king after summer hall then does that sound right E- yeah. Yes, because remember Rhaegar is born at Summerhall, but I believe I um, no. De- uh, let me look, let me look this up.
0: Yeah, I'm just th- I'm just thinking like it's interesting that different waves of Targaryens go to the wall. You know what I mean? Yes. Or, or Targaryen yes. loyalists or, or supporters. Uh, yeah, two fifty nines when it is destroyed when it happens, and then so uh, his reign was because
1: egg yeah. dies. Yeah. Egg dies at Summer Hall. So then Dalbridge is his squire right right there in, in his right uh, it does it could he, he could was... be his he could be his squire before he became king. Yeah. So then the question should be raised what, don't you think that if you're squire to a king, I mean I guess it's his squire, so it's a little different. It's not like dunk. Like dunk is egg is dunk's squire. It's the other way around Mm-hmm. but but when he becomes king don't you think obviously if he's close with this guy he's going to name him a knight and even perhaps put him on his king's guard yeah he's... don't you find don't, wouldn't yeah, that be he's... the scenario in which I mean that, that to me seems like that would be a pretty logical scenario so why how does he how does, how does this guy end up at the, the only thing I can think of is again He stuck around he continues to serve the Targaryens and then ultimately is sent to the wall or goes to the, he's either sent to the wall following Robert's rebellion, or he just chooses to go at some point, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. to me seems if you're living in King's Landing, why would you choose to go to the wall? Right. Because everybody we see that's in King's Landing now, nobody seems like they want to leave King's Landing that has any sort of power or influence wants to just, you know, I'm going to go to the wall. So I almost would have to say he was sent there.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, here's something. Yeah, all,
1: because J- Jihari's, so Jahari's reign itself is pretty short because he's kind of a sickly guy. So, you know, he, he takes it. Um, yeah. It just says Dalbridge, who would later join the night's watch served as a squire to Jaharis the second in his youth, which, you know, comes from a, a, the world of ice and fire and uh, a Theon five chapter in a clash, in a clash of Kings.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. Of the three people who are with corn half hand, uh and i'm making a a real stretch here on on evan but evan is an interrogator he's the one who can he he, he's good at interrogations might have learned that possibly at court or something he's very good at people getting them to give up their 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 secrets he's also the one who's described his head is described as, as such of an of an egg right it looks like an egg they're holding it up by uh the ear and when they show it to john it's an egg right Dolbrich is a squire to a Targaryen. And then Stone Snake, again, the in, in, in that title alone, seemingly there could be some connections made to uh, dragons and stones and dragons looking like a, a, a snake of some kind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pull up him, too. Because these, are, again, are all the companions of Korin. Of yeah. Just interesting that... that and then they, you know, seemingly all want to protect John. And it's actually Evan who says that he wants him to go. Forces says, um, send John, Evan had urged. He can ride as fast as me. John has a different part to play. He is half a boy still. So, that, so again, Evan's making the case like we should send him on. No, said Corrin. He is a man of the night's watch. And then, again, we know that, that Corrin has his reasons uh, to, to keep him. I. Now, Evan does get killed later. I mean, maybe, maybe he knows that Rattleshirt and those guys like no one can ride fast enough to kind of get to the to the fist of the first man. Egret says at the end of this chapter, like with sad kind of eyes, that hey, we've already moved uh, well up to the wall, right? Like we're already in position, and we moved much faster than 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 you realized. So
1: yeah, yeah. So I, I guess to kind of to kind of close up here on on Squire Dobbs, just from everything I could see, it almost it. it The only other scenario I can see is you would not. It it seems like he that the way it's sort of worded is that he squired for King Jahari's in his youth, which judging by his age, I would have to say is probably actually. I don't know. Jahari's would have to be like in his twenties or so because he's pretty frail and weak. And then he when he becomes king, he's not going to have a squire. So I, I I. I think the, the likely scenario is considering if we if he didn't obviously get promoted to lord or any of that stuff, he either for some reason decides to go to the wall once Jaehaerys becomes king, or mm-hmm. two, I would have to say he fought in Robert's Rebellion and goes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, which is, that's it's which, is, which it's
1: definitely. But again, the whole the whole sort of thing is that it ultimately ad- it adds and builds upon all of these sort of oddities going on at the wall. And it just adds more weight to, I would say, a lot of the theories that, you know, potentially someone, you know, someone is someone else at the wall. Is, is ultimately, ultimately what ultimately goes. And by the, speaking of that, by the way, the other day I was actually considering putting down a list of every scenario in which someone is actually someone else, like where it's actually confirmed. Because I know so often we we get on this like, well, it's all secret identities, and then we say, well, it can't all be secret identities. But there's already actually a lot of secret identity identities that are either one hundred percent confirmed. Then there's like a ton that are also like sort of your ninety nine percent level concern. Can um, mm-hmm. c- confirmed. I mean, there's just, there's like Ramsey Bolton as Reek, right? That's a confirmed secret identity, even for a little, um, you know, a a, a a little, a little while you have that you have Maynard plum and be Maynard plum, you know, the, the glamour there as blood Raven and the Duncan eggs things. There, there, you know, there, there, there you go. That's, that one's not even technically a hundred percent confirmed, but it's like a 99.99, you know, repeating per percent confirmed. I mean, there's a ton more outside, outside of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's not really uh, as much tinfoil as people think, I guess, to, to kind of consider who are these folks and, and why it's interesting that they, it says they, you know, right. came
1: to even, the wall and their boyhood. Even, even, even stuff that's not even necessarily secret but it just sort of gets revealed. There's a lot of times in which somebody gets revealed to be more like even the me like even Maester Aemon is you go there, you think he's just this old guy and then it's revealed. Oh, Hey, he's actually a Targaryen, which, right. okay. Now it's like a huge deal. And he's this really old guy and he's seen a lot. And it's sort of, you know, you get that, you get, you get that reveal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if someone has done a kind of a count up of all of those, you know, reveals like that, because it's probably, you know, a lot, a right. lot, right? So you, I, I, no I would just is, say any, anytime
1: that. it, yeah. Anytime something seems odd or fishy, there is an incredible likelihood that it could be true. Yeah. So it's just saying there is, there is certainly validity and, and, um and reason to consider a lot of these secret scenarios of anybody being, potentially being anybody.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Like, uh so you, you brought up squire dalbridge i mean the one that's i think most interesting is uh stone snake and whether or not he is still in the skirling pass or whether he made it out he's mentioned again in a storm of swords right uh when man's raider is asking Rattleshirt for a scouting report he confirms that three or four of his rangers uh three of the, three of the four um rangers in john squad are dead the fourth climbed up a mountain and he was out of reach and he was in terrain that was too rough for them to follow so John, again, later in the same uh, book, thinks of, like, not just once, thinks of him again later as they're climbing uh, the wall. So, you know, as a writer, it's, uh, you know, why have him do that? I mean, again, why, why have the characters think back on another character who's still out running loose? And I, as, as I told you years ago, there's so many loose threads like that that I don't know if it's even going to matter. Is he just dead? Is Benjamin Stark out there somewhere? I mean, it's just all these things that are still running in, in, in different directions away that they don't see I don't see how, a way in which they come back and kind of we tie the knot, if you will. There just seem to be loose threads. So so Stone Snake, sorry, it's hard to say, um, is uh he's out there, supposedly. Or he's dead in the mountain
1: pass. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think there's also something to be said. You know, we look at I mean, Squire Dalbridge obviously, you know, he's considered to have the keenest eyes and Seems like he's pretty, pretty well skilled. Obviously, Corin Halfhand is incredibly skilled because everyone's sort of scared of him, or at least, or at least knows of him. Even Stonesnake, right? I mean, a lot of the just the, the fan art and the way people talk about him. Again, he seems like somebody who's pretty incredibly skilled. And it, I think it sort of speaks also to any time that you also have someone who is almost in, like who seems pretty skilled at the wall, is I would say is either. There's something about them that would cause them to be that skilled because we look at You know, look at the the cast of the cast and crew that Jon Snow comes up with I mean So obviously John does because he's trained, you know, he's he's been training and he's castle forge. He's had access to castle forge steel and and all of these things. Um, we're we're supposed to believe that these are just like you know muggers and rapers and right, right criminals and thieves, right? And so that these people end up coming to the wall. Now certainly they could be sort of tough and and things like that, but. That doesn't necessarily mean that they, they would be that skilled of a of a fighter. They're not training with knights very often, and and things of and things of that nature.
0: Right, and when Rattleshirt when he sees uh, Corin, he, I mean, I don't think he, they really want to just feather him with arrows. They don't want to go up there and fight him because right, they'll kill him. He's he's that good. It said, I mean, he just had that sort of uh, he was revered in that way by the knights watching it, seemingly through Rattleshirt is revered by the wildlings to some degree even though they're going to they're not going to admit that but by their actions they seem like you know i mean also why would you why, why risk it when you can just shoot them down that's just what they're thinking but yeah i mean yeah, if they,
1: any man in the night's watch can make it through the frost fangs alone and a foot it's you brother that's not stone Snake speaking to Half halfhand that's half halfhand speaking mm-hmm. to stone Snake. Yeah, I know. Again, it is through Corrin that he is he these
0: are his four like or three like closest individuals who like he trusts, And they also all seem to be kind of looking out for John. You don't hear anybody saying like like, oh, I I," like no one complains. No one box at any order that's given by him. They just follow their orders and they do what they're supposed to do. So also John says of Stone Snake that he has the keenest night eyes right so right. you have the keenest eyes in squire dalbridge and then you have the keenest night eyes in stone snake so yeah
1: something going on there right he's also roughly they say he's probably near 50 with with his age but again i think that that causes obviously some sort of um you know perhaps you know could be could be off by a little bit but certainly um that means he would have been roughly he would have been around 33 years old during Robert's rebellion which ample fighting age just mm-hmm. again to sort of throw that just to give a number to that right right cuz we we have no idea we have no idea how or why he came or any of his of his background but right. as we say he corn halfhand chooses him could just you know, even if you, even if you go down on theories in which somebody is somebody else, like Corrin's Arthur Dane or any of that stuff, you could just get to the wall and say, "Hey, this guy's really skilled. I want him." But mm-hmm. perhaps also, yeah, like, he would, he would, he would probably, he would be roughly around the same age as Corrin. Mm-hmm. You would have to believe. Yeah. So something else to kind of remember: if
0: John is uh, royalty and he is next up, right? People, I mean, that royal blood and, and, and heir to the throne, those are people you, you die for. People believe in that, and and they understand. So Benjen telling these guys about it, them making a whole plan, it makes sense. Like, you would go to such great lengths to kind of conceal some of that. And just just to get out of there alive, because Robert has won. He wins. Why doesn't Eddard just say, hey, I'm sorry, this is my sister's child. Like, sorry, we, we can't... we. You, you can't have him. You can't kill him. Whatever. He's a threat. He becomes a threat, a political threat to Robert, and everyone keeps it secret. And it's it's yeah. from the beginning of the story in Game of Thrones. It's like Targaryens are being mentioned, and and secret banners are still hidden away for people who might be loyalists to them.
1: Right. As I mean, hold on. So the only one maybe here. So this, I, this could this in in two ways, sort of could throw a wrench into some things. So here you go. So so the other guy here is, that we haven't talked about is Evan, mm-hmm. right? Evan's a squat, heavily muscled, bald man. He's served the night's watch since boyhood. Another guy who's just sort of grown up at the wall, right? Um, he's regarded by Corn Halfhand as the ranger to go to when he needs a wildling interrogated or killed. Evan's part of the, again, 100 things. Um, he questions survivors and learns that wildlings have gathered and the frostfangs, though his interrogation is too harsh, and the prisoner dies, he's later chosen by Corin again with that group. Um, after the death of Squire Dalbridge, Evan is sent with the remaining horses to ride as fast as he can to Lord Commander. Uh, he is killed by a wildling scouting party commanded by Rattleshirt. His head is kept as a prize. And, uh, one of the spear wives notes that he died bravely. So, uh, Eben, this is Eben to Squire Dulbridge. man and boy. I've served the watch and, uh, and ranged as far as any, I've seen the bones of giants and heard many a queer tale, but no more. I want to see them with my own eyes. Um, is that Eben can make any man give up his secrets. Now, Eben here, uh, says we should send John, to go mm-hmm. get Mormon. Send John, Ebon had urged. He can ride as fast as me. John has a different part to play. He is half a boy still. No, said Corin. He is a man of the night's watch. So Corrin says, nope, can't send John. Yeah. It keeps him out of danger. That perhaps Corrin knows when he sends Evan, he might be sending him to his death. Right. That's what... I, can't, I can't I can't send John on that.
0: Right, exactly. So he's he's thinking of a way in which he can, um, yeah, keep John alive. So is that just because John
1: is a boy, uh, or is that because John is more important? If he's just a man that I watch, or John's more believable to be, could just be as simple as if we do get captured and I need John to play the part that he ultimately ends up playing, it's more believable for it to be John who's newer to the wall than Mm -hmm. perhaps somebody who's who's older
0: yeah and 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 corin does know that he had the, the thing with the gret and possibly there's some sympathy there and yeah it's it's interesting when you get to that part when they actually when he says remember the oath that you made to me he commanded it of him that he do whatever they ask and that he turn kind of um turn cloak right and he he, to to betray the night's watch and he he does that because they need a spy keep an eye out keep a watch what are they digging for that was mentioned what were they digging for um they were opening up old graves and things like that we've already found the horn they were looking for it was given to them ghost finds it right sam has it i mean Mm -hmm. there's the whole connection to horn hill right i mean that that to me is is like solid. That is a done deal. They couldn't find it, but someone in the Night's Watch did, wrapped in dragon glass and so on. That was pretty cool. So what is it that they're digging up? I think Korn doesn't know quite yet, and and wants to know. Like you know, keep an eye out. You'll you'll know it when you see it, or or what have you. So I think there's more information to gain. So maybe there is no, you know, Targaryen secret, you know, plot here to protect John or whatever, and he's just mixed in all of this. Could but- be. You know, and, and and really, he just wants him to, he says, he's, the, he's got the best chance to be someone who would turn over. Like, they're all seasoned men who have been there since their youth, right? So, if they've been in the watch that long and they haven't turned over or went over with Mance Raider, then it's not likely that they'll be believed. So, that could be why he, he tells John to do that, too. Just another option. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so here we go. They were scaling a low ridge between two snow-capped peaks when a shadow cat came snarling from its lair, not ten yards away. The beast was gone and half starved but the sight of it sent Stone Snake's, men, uh, Stone Snake's mare excuse me, into a panic. She reared and ran, and before the ranger could get back to her, um, keep her back under control, she'd stumbled off the steep slope and broken a leg. Ghost ate well that day, and Corrin insisted that the rangers mix some of the Garen's blood with their oats to give them strength. The taste of that foul porridge almost choked John, but he forced it down. They each cut a dozen strips of raw stringy meat from the carcass to chew on as they rode and left the rest for the shadow cats. So I just kind of find that uh, interesting. I mean, is Corrin doing blood magic here? Absolutely. We see Daenerys Daenerys eat a horse's heart. I mean, what what are we doing here? You have to eat it. It'll make you strong. Well, that's what they told Danny, And then dragon hatch. So who knows? Yeah, the the old power,
0: the blood, blood magic is it's uh, it, it can do wonders. That is something I think George in, in could, a panel at one point said, like look for that common thread um, among the magics and see if you see if you can find it. I think a lot of it yeah. comes down to blood and life energy.
1: Right. It could just be, yeah. hey, we need we need more nourishment. We're out here to drink the blood because it's ah. it's, got, it's got nutrients. in it. I mean, but could also be blood magic. So mm-hmm. just take that with for a grain of salt right yeah um right so then we get to the part where he sort of says that thing john thinks uh stone snake has no chance he has no chance john thought when he watched stone snake vanish over a snow-covered ridge a tiny black bug crawling across a rippling expanse of white um uh then sort of uh continue on you know he's sort of he's sort of thinking about corn corn's long gray gray Braid swung slowly with the uh, motion of his horse. Often they would ride for hours without a word spoken. The only sounds of the soft scrape on the horseshoes and the stone and the uh, keening of the wind, which blew endlessly through the heights. When he slept, he did not dream, not not of wolves, nor his brothers, nor anything. Even dreams cannot live up here, he told himself. Then he asked him, is your sword sharp? He says, my sword is Valyrian steel. Then he asked him, do you remember the words of your vow? Say them with me, John Snow. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, then he, then he does. The night gathers now. My watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall take no wife, hold no lands, father no children. I shall wear no crowns and win no glory. I shall live and die at my post. I am the sword in the darkness. I am the watcher of the walls. I am the fire that burns against the cold. The light that brings the dawn. The horn that wakes the sleepers. The shield that guards the realms of men. I pledge my life and honor to the night's watch for this night and all of the nights to come. When they were done, there was no sound but the faint crackle of the flames and a distant sigh of the wind. John opened and closed his burnt fingers, holding tight. Um, and then, you know, they realized that hey, their their mounts aren't going to last any longer. The flames were burning low. The fire will go out soon, Corrin said, but if the wall should ever fail, all of the fires will go out. Now, see, that's kind of interesting. It doesn't necessarily say, oh, it's going to the wildlings. It's just all the fires will mm-hmm. go out. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he, he knows that there's, that there's more. And that's, I think, the misconception maybe that Corrin, some of them have, or, or even uh, Mormont, is that uh, that the wildlings are going to try to take the wall down. Right, I think that's something's gotten lost in over the years in the translation. Is that if the wildlings get through, or that they would, you know, breach the wall or or something that it's going to be a problem for the realm? It's not the wildlings, right? Like the the ancient, you know, reason it was built was the long night, something coming behind them, and that's what John will will learn ultimately, right? So,
1: no, I don't think an I actually don't think an army of wildlings would would do very much. You know, when we when we hear Jorah talk about Um, you know, when we hear like them, them talk about like the Dothraki, right. Mm -hmm. And Jorah talks about how well a a Dothraki would not be able to cut through plate armor. Um, you know, but it's sort of, if if you don't have that and then Robert, Robert sort of thinks that they would be unstoppable, even though they don't have siege towers and stuff like that. I think it's more so because of that Danny would be coming with them. Right, it's 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 the fact that it's a Targaryen with this Dothraki army, but I don't know that a Dothraki army could really take a united Westeros. Yeah, because once you, if, I mean, they could all. It would be it would it would be super easy for them to all for Westeros to unite against something like that, or yeah. to unite against a wildling army. I don't. I just don't. They would. It's not like they have. They have supplies and armor and yeah. I mean, they would have horses, I guess, and perhaps some other things they could ride from down south. But I just don't I just don't see how they could withstand, uh, you know, a well fortified, well fed army that would unite in Westeros against them. So, yeah, it really is the other things that are beyond the wall that you have yeah. to worry about.
0: Which I guess the only thing too is that maybe the Night's Watch thinks all right if they get through they're going to keep the
1: gates open and let every dark thing in behind them or or who knows I don't think so know? yeah that might be what they think but I I would imagine it'd be the other way I mean the Mance Raiders is like uh, it seems to be no we we want to get we want to get out ahead of everything else that's back here right
0: I just mean like yeah from the Night's Watch perspective like exactly what wild court and you know but if the wall should ever fall well I mean we're chasing. That he's it, all this, and also he's always he's already talking about old powers rising and stuff like that. So, like he can't think that. I mean, it, it, is the wall falling just that the that the wildlings take possession of it, and that means it's it's fallen? Or I think they'd be happy to walk through, and I think we see this later, right? Walk through and shut the gates behind them and say, "Good riddance!" Right? They're leaving their homes, like they're they're going south. So,
1: yeah um yeah and then and then they get to the part where here where john's saying i'm not afraid to die corin says you know are you a man of the night's watch he's like there's no but and he commands him to kill him mm-hmm. essentially basically is what ultimately ends up happening and then you have to go back you have to do this he hopes so i do not want to play the role of oathbreaker even for a good reason um john john is thinking right the uh, and then we're going to sort of get attacked here by the by the men. Um, so quickly now the half hand commanded the big man on the small horse rode over the ice, like stones right into the curtain of water and vanished. when he did not reappear. John put his heels into his horse and went after his Garen did um, did his best to shy away. The falling water slapped at them with frozen fists and the shock of the cold seemed to stop John's breath. Then he went through drenched and shivering, but through, um, you know we're we're getting we're getting sort of we're getting sort of chased here. We're getting ready to, um, you know, over the rush of the falling waters. John heard a soft sound of steel on leather that could only mean the half hand had drawn his sword. He took off his wet cloak, but it was too cold and damp in here to strip down any further. Ghost stretched out behind him and licked his club before curling up to sleep. Um, well, sorry, we're, we will be we will be going into battle here yeah uh and that's ultimately that's ultimately where we're gonna we're gonna end up going here john does have some thoughts though by the time we come out we have uh we will have lost them he told himself as they went not even an eagle can see through the solid stone Uh, we will have lost them and we will ride hard for the fist and tell the old bear all we know but when they emerged back into the light long hours later the eagle was waiting for them perched on a dead tree 100 feet up the slope Ghost went bounding up the rocks after it, but the bird flapped its wings and took off into the air. Corn's mouth tightened as he followed his, uh, its flight with his eyes. Here is as any good as place, as any to make a stand. The mouth of the cave shelters us from above, and they cannot get behind us without passing through the mountain. Is your swords sharp, Jon Snow? Yes. I'm again. Yes. We'll feed the horses. They've served. We'll feed uh, the horses. They've served us Bravely, bravely poor beast. Um, and know, John's thinking to himself, "I am the shield that guards the realms of men." Uh, John calls over Ghost. And then we hear, you know, the hunters. Uh, the hunters approached warily, perhaps fearing arrows. John countered, uh, counted fourteen with eight dogs. So, I mean, they're definitely they're obviously outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, just before you go on, there interesting uh, point, point that I, I know people will will point to with the whole corn thing. Corrin does say that the place he he takes them to, he said, and I get whether he's lying or not, that he heard how to get to this place that someone followed a shadow cat ke- uh, clear back into this sort of waterfall kind of like icy um, space. Cave, yeah, yeah. That the, uh, and he heard that when he was no older than John's age. So, you know, if he's telling the truth there, it's sort of like okay, he heard that from a brother. Now, is that a brother of the Night's Watch or a brother? There we. Yeah. <laughs> Wordplay.
1: Right. Uh, um, so, 10 yards below the cave uh, cave mouth, the hunters halted. Their leader came on and alone, riding a beast that seemed more goat than horse. Uh, from the sure footed way it climbed the uneven slope, a man and mount grew near. John could hear him clattering. Both were armored in bones. Rattleshirt corn called down uh, to, to crows, I be the lord of bones. The rider's helm was made from the broken skull of a giant and all up and down his arms, bear claws had been sewn into his boiled leather. I see no lord, only a dog dressed in chicken bones who rattles when he rides. Corn says to, to him, the wildling hissed in anger and his mount reared. He did rattle, John could hear it. The bones were strung together loosely so they clacked and clattered when he moved. It's your bones I'll be rattling soon, half hand. I'll boil the flesh off you and make... Um, a burn, a burny from your ribs. I'll carve your teeth to cast me runes and eat me oat and porridge from your skull. If you want my bones, come get them. Mm-hmm. Right, and
0: that, they, they, yeah, they don't. He doesn't want to go over there. And I think this is right after. This is where John kind of says, or he tells John to remember his oath. Right? Mm-hmm. John kind of turns, says that um, he yields. He yields. He's a bastard. It's bastard blood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Rattleshirt uh, bellowed over the clamor, right? You know, feather them, right? No, the word burst from John's lips before the bowman could lose. He took two two quick steps forward. We yield. Yeah. He doesn't. The, uh, the free folk have no need of cravens, right? He's no craven. One of the archers pulled. Um, this is the bastard of Winterfell who spared me. Let him live. This is a Gret. Let him die, and the Lord of Bones, um and and then yeah, they they don't ultimately we don't they don't they don't feather him with arrows. He should no. have fought it. You know, I mean Rattleshirt should have fought Corin.
0: He's a coward.
1: He's a freaking He's cow. a coward. Uh so he does mention the line though, the black
0: crow is a tricksy bird. I trust him not. So there's that whole crow being uh right. tricksy and you know, all that good stuff, the three-eyed crow and it being tricksy. So it's really a Gret, too, that kind of mentions, um, like, a lot of them step step forward and, and say, okay, look, we're all free folk here. You're not really in charge. There is no person. They're all free. They don't bend the knee to anyone, right? Okay, they're free folk. So if John doesn't want to, you know, if he wants to join, he can join. If we say he can join, he can join.
1: I mean, that's just
0: the way it is. So,
1: yeah, you know, uh, it's also interesting here just to sort of do some, to to looking forward, is that essentially their first meeting is Rattleshirt trying to kill John with an arrow, mm-hmm. and then Rattleshirt's death will ultimately come from John with mm-hmm. an arrow. Yeah, true. That's a good point. That's so interesting. It's kind of kind kind of kind of interesting to to look at that. So ultimately, um, and mercy, really, yeah, yeah, and giving mercy, like like there's mercy given here, like he
0: prolongs John's. Life, even though it's that other people persuade him to do so, the Lord of Bones does allow John to live and go on with them. And then
1: John, right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Does John does John really kill Rattlesher out of mercy, or does he do it to sort of protect the secret of Mance being glamoured? No, I think I think it's um I, I think he does it out of.
0: A little, he's just a little bit of mercy there. Yeah, because again, he's killing. Who he kills is Mance, right? So, um,
1: no, right? he kills. No, he kills. He kills Mance and Rattle and Rattlesher are swapped. Essentially, right, no, like, I know, but mean, who's burning? The person who's burning. Who's burning is yeah, Mance. It's Is it's Rattlesher as Mance.
0: Right, as Mance. What who who yes. you see, the body.
1: I got like, you, yes. Yeah, is, yes. is Mance Raider.
0: So I guess when we say, you know, did I don't think at that point in time John John knew John was just trying to spare uh Mance that death or that pain. I think John finds out later. So that's interesting, yeah, but still, um, yeah, ultimately he does kill Rattleshirt with an arrow. Right. So
1: yes, but I was just trying to let me go back and I need to look here. I just need to remember. Uh, Yeah, like the sequence of events on exactly, exactly. Does he know when he does? I thought he did. I think I think he finds
0: out like Melisandre reveals later that Mance is still alive
1: to Jon. Let. Let me see here. Yes, you're correct. John is is shocked to learn that Melisandre glamored Mance and Rattleshirt to appear as the other with the Lord of Bones. Actually, the panicked burn man in Melisandre's cage. Gotcha. So that is... That's a Dance of Dragons. Because then John... That's a Dance of Dragons. Melisandre won. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you're right. There is there is some mercy to it. I yeah, I was trying to remember. I thought I thought I yeah, you're right. I was thinking it was the other way around where he knew it and he was doing it so that other people didn't learn it. But no, you are correct. Yes.
0: Yeah, but still, there's uh, the 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 fact that he does kill him with an arrow is pretty interesting. That like he, right, he, he almost got killed here by a bunch of arrows. Yeah, and then later on he does it. I mean, because it's so weird. It's such a uh, I forget it sometimes because he fights the glamoured uh
1: Lord of Bones later. Right. Yes. The- yes, he does. Right. Yeah. But it's Mance Raider and Mance Raider is like laying into him. Yeah. So I mean, crazy. It's, like, it's, it's, it's a legitimate. So, so here so here is where Corrin and John fight. Um you know, and so this this fight's definitely this fight's definitely pretty interesting. You know, uh, you must not balk whatever is asked of you, he's thinking. He shifted to a two-handed grip, quick enough to deliver a stroke of his own, but the bigger ranger brushed it aside um, with ease, back and forth they went, black cloak swirling, and the youth's quickness against the savage strength of Scoran's left hand cuts. The half hand's longsword seemed to be everywhere at once, raining down from side to side, and then the other driving him where he would, keeping him off balance. Already he could feel his arms growing numb. Even when ghost teeth closed savagely around the ranger's calf, somehow Corrin kept his feet, but in that instance, as he twisted, the opening was there. John planted and pivoted. The ranger was leaning away, and for an instant it seemed John slash had not touched him. Then a string of red tears appeared across the big man's throat, bright as a ruby necklace, and the blood gushed out of him, and Corrin half-hand fell. Hmm. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. And then hey. here we go. And then as, as Corin is dying, he, his last words are sharp. Yep. He asked him multiple times. Is your sword
0: sharp? He knew, he knew it was yeah. going to happen. He knew that he would have to, the moment. That I don't know, he know if he yielded, knew, I don't
1: know if he knew he would be, if he would get his throat cut, but yes. No, I think in the show he's just stabbed. If I if I remember correctly. I'll yeah, look that man. up. Um,
0: I mean, the fact that Ghost is biting down on his leg and he still is able to keep his feet, he's obviously something else. The wolf has got you by the leg and you're still just going at it. Now the Wildlings will say too that it was more Ghost killed than it was John's. and yeah, they kind of try to
1: take away from what he's done. I think somebody yeah,
0: still
1: yeah. wants John gutted. Yeah. And the, the show, the fights, the fight is definitely a little different. Corrin it's, pr- I think it's pretty obvious that Corrin's like almost like, I, I mean, why rewatching it here, it's almost like pretty obvious that Corrin's just like, let's sort of let, lets him win. Cause he, like, I think John turns up ghost is not involved at all. Uh, Corrin, to me, almost looking at this, gives up his sword because he drops it, and then he sort of stares. He sort of stares at John, and then John has to think about it, and then and then stab him. Yeah, you know it's crazy. They actually
0: call John a warg too, right? Like multiple times. Mm -hmm. They like they've. I mean, again, we know this, but they they know it more more so than I mean anyone else. Like they, it's very clear to them that he is he's a warg. Which is cool. I mean, Lord of Bones still wants him dead, still wants him killed because he killed his right. own brother and so on. But you know, Egret is able to
1: kind of make a way for him. Yeah. So then, yeah. So, yeah. so so then, as we go on here, they they sort of ask who he is. Um, his name is John Snow. He's Edward Stark's blood of Winterfell. Um, who would have thought it? Thought it Corn Half, and even that right there. I know that I know that it's said that a lot, right? I know that it's it's said a lot. Just that it's, but it's. They don't say he's Eddard Stark's son, like with Tywin and Tyrion. It's always you're my son, you're my whatever. Mm-hmm. Now it could just be the the way that the Starks talk, and it could just be the way people in the North talk. But it's he's Edard Stark's blood. So even here in a scenario where you could easily say son or even mm-hmm. bastard, yeah. the name is is it's 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 blood, to blood. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Right. You don't have to do that. that. You don't but have you to choose that. to. Yeah, right. So. It's just another, it's just another like thing to sort of, you know, he's a wargs so of the Lord of Bones and a crow. I like him not a warg. He may be regret says, but that's never frightened us. Others shouted um, shouted agreement behind the eye holes of his yellow skull rattle shirt. Stared um, was malignant, but he yielded grudgingly. These are free folk indeed thought John. They burn corn half hand. Um, They make make a a funeral prior for him and and burn him. So some of the wood was green and it blow and it burns slow and smoky, um, sending a black pume into the air of the bright, hard blue sky. Afterward, Rattleshirt claimed some charred bones um, while the others threw dice for the ranger's gear. Yagret won his cloak. Uh, Shall we return to the Skirling Pass? John asked her. Uh, No, she said there's nothing behind us. Uh, by now, Mance is well down the milkwater, marching on your wall. Yep, marching on the wall. So,
0: yeah, the fist, they're, they're stuck out there at the Fist of the First Men. I mean, stuff's going to go down there. It just doesn't, um, like, even if they aren't attacked, they can't get back in time. It's just a complete cluster, man. Mormont wants to see what's going on. He goes out. And wow, they found something there, you know, the wild things are moving. So much yes. of those rangers patrolling and figuring out what the heck's happening.
1: Yeah, you know, I will say, even though we uh we haven't met Mance Raider yet, we we will uh, in the next in the next chapter, which is John one of a storm of swords. That's where we meet him. But um it's just kind of interesting to even think about Mance Raider, right? Is we've yet to meet this guy. He's mentioned so often in the beginning of a game of Thrones. And this has been this buildup of Mance Raider, Mance Raider, Mance Raider. Now it's like, Oh no, we're now it's like, we're going to go meet him. Yeah. And it's like, it's three. It's, you know, before the third book, before you meet this guy that they've been building up and building up. Um, so man's can't, to me, it's sort of, to me, you know, thinking about this just right now of where we're at right now, like sort of looking at the flow of the text to have Mance Raider be dead in the pink letter as when we get, mm-hmm. to when we ultimately get yeah. to there without some sort of big sort of resolution just seems illogical to me. Yeah. It
0: just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. He, he, yeah. To, to build him up that much and to, to glamor him, to keep thinking like he's there from the beginning. He's on Edward Stark's mind. He's on George's mind. We build up to this two books, as you say, and then All we right. get there in the third book. He could, we have a whole journey, a whole arc. He has a child. Uh, he works with Jon. They work together there at the Wall. And then he's he's glamoured. He's saved again from Stannis. W- why? Why Melisandre? Flames sees stuff. Who knows? He goes down now to Winterfell, and is just killed.
1: Off On, yeah, off screen. Yeah. No, it's not happening. I don't, it's just think, not- so. It nah, don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. Uh, don't think so. Awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome. 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 So all right, guys. Well, uh, that is it for us today. We are we'll be coming back with another episode. We have quite a bit of ravens. Uh, so just gonna kind of compile them into uh, uh, individual or separate episodes, just depends on how the flow of that goes. But we do have a lot of them to get to. So we kind of wanted to give and they're bigger, so we wanted to give them sort of their just due. So as, as crazy as this is about to sound. We want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 69, Bran 7, which is the final chapter of A Clash of Kings.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. Can't wait. Uh, All right, friends. With that, uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write that review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com.
1: We will see you next time. And remember, that winter is coming.